Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. And with me today, Obadiah Smith. Obadiah Smith, Jr., Jim. Hey, Merry Christmas, Obadiah. Merry Christmas to you, Jim. We're counting the days. <laughs> yes, we are. Are you ready? I am ready, and I've been ready. Okay, well, you're way ahead of me because I'm not ready at all. <laughs> okay. But hey, you know what? Christmas comes, whether we like it or not. We're so excited today to have in our studio audience a group of fourth graders from Liberty Christian School in the heart of Indiana in Anderson, just on the Indianapolis Metro's northeast side. We're so glad to have you with us too, and we hope you'll stay with us as we talk about Christmas and all the fun it can be. Those holiday greetings and gay happy meetings when friends come to call. It's the happiest season of all. There'll be parties for hosting, marshmallows for toasting, and caroling out in the snow. There'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. It's the most Wonderful time of the year There'll be much mistletoeing And hearts will be glowing When loved ones are near It's the most wonderful time of the year Mistletoeing and hearts will be glowing when loved ones are near. It's the most wonderful time. It's the most wonderful time. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Oh, but I. Uh, Christmas. Yes, Jim. Okay, you're way younger than me. I mean, you're just a Are young, you sure? just a young guy. <laughs> okay. All right, but you, you grew up with Christmas at your house. Yes, I have, Jim. Okay, give me a memory. What was so fun about Christmas when you were growing up? Actually, two things, Jim. It was actually laying out sugar cookies and a glass of milk for Santa Claus. Okay, now let's just stop. Stop right there. <laughs> Laying out sugar cookies. You yes. Mean, did your mom make some or you bought some? Oh, no, mom made some homemade sugar cookies. And they were good. And they were good. But I found out later who really ate them. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you would put cookies out thinking that Santa was coming. Yes, that was, the that idea. He was coming. Down the chimney, leaving the presents and the gifts for me and my brother and my sister. And you got that ready as kids. Yes, I we mean, did. You, you got it ready yourself. Your hands yes. were on the cookies yes. and you're thinking, man, we hope this works. Yes, we did. Because we want those gifts. Yes, we did. That was the deal. All right. How about number two? What's your Number two was there? actually Christmas dinner. The family. Family members would come over, and my aunt and my mother would make seven up 
cake, pound cake, and as you know, that's sweet potato pie. <laughs> okay, now, but wait a minute. 7-Up <laughs> pound cake? Yes. Pound cake and 7-Up cake and sweet potato pie. Oh, okay, 7-Up cake. What's yes, that? Yes, it's made with 7-Up. No kidding. Yeah, and, no kidding, Jim. And you like it? Oh, loved it. Does it have a little fizz? Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's sweet and good. Yes, it is, Jim. Wow. Merry Christmas. You know what? I hope you get to do some of that again yes. uh, this year. You know, when I was growing up, we had a lot of great Christmas traditions. And one of those, as just you described, was a family coming together. I was so excited because I was an only child. And after Christmas morning, we got together with all my cousins. Yes. And it was so fun. We all got together and we played games and we talked about what we had under the Christmas tree. And I mean, that was so important to me. But as an only child, there's another kind of, there's a bonus. And sometimes I wish I had a brother and sister. Except but. on Christmas morning. Because yes. you know what? All those presents were mine. <laughs> All yours. <laughs> I mean, I was the only kid in the room. So I got those gifts, and I was pretty psyched about getting those presents. But, you know, Christmas is for all of us kind of an exciting time. We're all formed by memories of Christmas. There's something about it that's just different than any other season of the year. In fact, you know what, Obadiah? I just came back just last night from Egypt. All right. Okay, from yes. Cairo. And just before I was in Cairo, I was in India. And then in between India and Egypt, I was in the Netherlands, in Amsterdam. Okay, so it was a trip of a couple of weeks. And I was all three of those places. And to my surprise, Christmas was everywhere. Yes. It wasn't just in Amsterdam. I wasn't surprised about that because I know that they have a long history of celebrating Christmas. But in India and Egypt, in both places, I asked my local friends who were hosting me in their homes, what's up with Christmas here? In Egypt, I didn't think they'd be doing a lot of that. Oh. Most people in Egypt are Muslims. Yes. And so are they celebrating Jesus? Most people in India are Hindus. Are they celebrating this Christmas thing? And you know what I was told in both places? That in recent years, everyone wants some Christmas. Wow. They may not know anything about it, yes. where it comes from, but there's something about it that brings joy and life, and they want a piece of the pie. Piece of the pie. Fantastic. <laughs> yes, it is. And so Christmas everywhere, wherever it falls, wherever it touches, it has the capacity to bring a smile and to stir the heart. Now, when we come back, I want to ask some of our studio audience what they like about okay. Christmas as they've been growing up. Well, if you're in the fourth grade, hey, you're still on the growing up road, yes, you're right? Yes, right, Jim. We'll be right back. We're talking about Christmas here on Viewpoint Today. It's just a few weeks away. We're so excited about the Christmas Day. I'm wondering if anybody in our studio audience here, fourth graders, about 44 fourth graders, is there anybody here that has a Christmas memory? What's the best thing about Christmas at your house? And who are you? Kennedy. And what's your memory? So what, one time we woke up and, and then we went into the living room and, and, there, and our whole living room was filled with presents. The whole room was filled with presents? Was yes. that awesome? Yes. Are you hoping that'll happen again this year? Yes. Yes, of course. <laughs> Thank you. And you are? Devin. Uh, my Christmas memory was, uh, there was this thing called the Elf on the Shelf, and it had, uh, we had a tree up, and he hung uh, lots of underwear on the tree. Wait a minute. You put the tree up and there was underwear on the tree? Yes. Who put the underwear on the tree? The elf on the shelf. The elf on the shelf? How long have you known about the elf on the shelf? For about two years now. For about two years. And tell me about the elf on the shelf. What, how's that work? 
it's like, uh, well, it's supposed to be Santa moves, I mean, he takes the elf, uh, brings it to one of our houses to watch it for naughty or nice, and it, like, inspects us because Santa is busy with presents and stuff, so he sends him there to, s s like, watch us, and he does, he moves every single night, and he does very crazy stuff. Like the underwear on the tree deal. Yes. Are you looking for that again this year? Probably. Probably. All right. Thanks, Devin. Anybody else? Over here. And you are? Tessa. What's your memory, Tessa? When I, in the morning when I went into my living room, um, there was like a giant box and it had like this Rapunzel castle you could build and then it would turn into like um, a little tea place. A Rapunzel castle? Yeah. And did you build it? Yes, I did, and I still have it in my basement. Worth holding on to? Yeah. Are you looking for something new this year? Mm, not really. Um, I don't really know what I want yet. Well, if it's as cool as Rapunzel's castle, you'll be doing good. You know, I have four boys that grew up at my house, our four sons, and one thing I did, we had a two-story house, and all the boys were upstairs, and every Christmas Eve when they got to bed and went to sleep, the last thing I did was take ribbon and run it across the stairway from top to bottom like a maze. Nobody could get through it. The idea was to stop the boys from going down early to the Christmas tree before I woke up. But then they tried to slither through the ribbons, and it was always a big ambition of the boys to get through the maze of ribbons that I put on the stairway without disturbing them to prove they could get by it before I woke up. You know what? Now they just get some scissors out and cut it down. What? Hey, you know what? There are a lot of great things about Christmas, aren't there? But wait a minute. What's Christmas really all about? I mean, obviously, there are presents involved. We like that. We know about Elf on the Shelf. I know that's something that's going on with my grandchildren these days. And the whole Santa Claus trip, you know, Obadiah, you and I have both grown up with Santa Claus yes, coming we and have, the cookies Jim. and all that, and people understand that whole story and has a popular image for Christmas. But in the end, none of those are really the things that gave us Christmas. There are the ways that people celebrate Christmas, but there's something more going on. There's something at the bottom of Christmas. And I know there's somebody right here that is able to tell us about that, who can tell us the story of Christmas. And it's not just a story. It's actually history. It's the record of what really happened over 2,000 years ago in a little place called Bethlehem. Your name is? Luke. And Luke, what a great name because you're going to read to us from the Bible in a book called? Luke. Luke. And what chapter is it, Luke? Number two. Start reading for us from verse one. At that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was... Cyrenius. It's a funny name, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazarene in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time had came for, for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a, ma in a manger, because there was no lodging available for them. 
That night there were, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior said, Yes, the Messiah and Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by the sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Wow. A story of a little baby born in Bethlehem, but there's more. And right next to Luke, we have somebody else. I'm Ruby. And Ruby, can you help us finish the story from Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 13? Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things to her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Unto us is born 
Christmas. There's just something about it. Obadiah, you've heard the story that Luke and Ruby read to us. You've heard it many times. Yes, it's a powerful story, Jim. And it never grows old, does it? Yes. It's amazing how some things can be told over and over and over again, and they're still fresh and inspiring. There are a lot of things that we hear over and over again that I never want to hear again. Yes. But when it comes to the Bible, it has a kind of supernatural power. Yes, and it continues to have meaning for life even today, Jim. It sure does. And that story about the birth of Jesus has a big context. It's about people waiting for the Messiah to come. And suddenly he shows up. And there's some interesting details in the story. For instance, did you notice how at the very beginning it talks about in those days, Augustus Caesar, Caesar Augustus. What does that do for us? It tells us just about when it happened, doesn't it? Absolutely correct, Jim. Because we know that Augustus was the emperor of Rome, and he's a real person in history. And so when we talk about, well, it happened when he was the emperor, that helps us know just about when Jesus was born. Yes. It'd be kind of like if I said, these fourth graders were born when Barack Obama was president, or when George W. Bush was president. Then we would know when these kids were born. It's the same idea. And then it talks about even closer. Not only was Augustus reigning as the emperor in Rome, but it was at a time when there was a census to be taken when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. So that tells us, well, there's a, a kind of another point of reference, isn't it? It's not just when Augustus was the emperor, because that was for a long time. It's when Cyrenius was the governor and when they called for the census. That helps us narrow the time when Jesus was born. It's important because the story about Jesus is not just made up. We talk about Elf on the Shelf, but truth be told, Elf on the Shelf is kind of a made-up deal. I mean, it's a fun story, but nobody's figuring out when the Elf on the Shelf showed up. And how about Santa Claus? Santa Claus is a story that, that developed after a real person named St. Nicholas, but he's been dead and gone for many centuries, and it's a great story. He was a generous man who loved to give gifts to the poor, and St. Nicholas became Sinterklaas, as in the Dutch language, and and that came Santa Claus and so on. But it's not as important as this birth of Jesus. Jesus is the real deal. And so we know just about when he was born, and we know who he was born to. Who was the mother of Jesus? You are? Tori. What's the mother of Jesus? What's her name? Mary. Mary. I mean, this is one of the most phenomenal characters in the whole of history. She gives birth, and and Mary was going to have a husband. Who knows what the husband's name was going to be? Right over here. You are? Jed. Who's the husband of Mary? Joseph. Joseph. But Joseph is not the father of Jesus, even though it's Mary's husband, because the Bible tells us that Jesus was not conceived in an ordinary way, but supernaturally by the Holy Spirit of God. And that makes him different than anyone who's ever lived because he's both the son of man, he's human like us, but he's also the son of God, the divine God-man. And that is a very important part of the story. And we also know that people who heard about the birth, 
got pretty excited about it. Yes. How are those shepherds reacting? Oh, they brought gifts and they were excited. And they went told everybody. They, yes. I mean, they were just, they just couldn't keep it to themselves because there's something about the Christmas story that requires us to tell it. You just can't hear it and say, oh, that is no big deal. So here we are all these years later. Oh, wait a minute. That's what I want you to remember all these years later. So what year is it right now? Who could tell me what year it is? You are? Jaslyn. Jacqueline, what year is it? 2017. It's 2017. Who can tell us why it's 2017? You are? Alex. Alex, why do you think it's the year 2017? Because um, maybe it's been like 2017 years since um, the world was like created or after Jesus' birth. Well, you, you gave two good answers there, and the last one's right. It's not 2017 years since the world was made, but it's 2017 years from the time of the birth of Jesus. Now, actually, the year of Jesus' birth is a little bit of a question mark because we're not sure if he was born in the year zero or, or three or five BC before Christ because our calendar got a little off back in ancient time. But basically, you know this. Our years are dated from the time of Christ. So 2,017 years at least have passed since Jesus was born. Maybe it's 2,019 years. Maybe 2,020 years. But the whole world is numbering its years from the coming of Christ. And that's really important. You know why? Because when Jesus came into the world, it's what we call the hinge of history. A hinge is like makes a door open and close, doesn't it? Can you imagine a hinge? And the hinge of history is the coming of Christ. Everything before Jesus came is one era, one epoch, and everything since Jesus came is another epoch. The world was changed when Jesus came, and that's why we celebrate Christmas. And this Christmas, you can all remember the same thing. Whenever Jesus comes to you into your life, whenever Jesus comes alongside to where you know him, you don't just know about him, but you know him. When you start talking to him and he is talking to you, when you give your life to following him and to becoming like him and to pleasing him and allowing him to make you new, you see, that's the hinge of your history. The real Christmas is the way in which there's a life before you know Jesus and there's a life after you know Jesus. And for anyone listening to us today, you might be thinking, wow, my life's kind of messed up. I'm not really happy with some of the things that have gone on. I, I don't really like the way I've been treated or people have treated me or maybe the way I've treated others or I've had some losses or I, I feel wounded or I feel broken or Christmas makes me sad because I don't have good memories or I'm not sure where I'm going to go this Christmas or I don't know what to do next year. I mean, there are all kinds of things in life that can make us sad. But whoever you are, wherever you are, know this. Christmas is the hinge. It's the coming of Christ. And this Christmas, make a decision that you want it to be a new door opening in your life so that this Christmas you don't just celebrate with Elf on the Shelf, though that could be cool, and you don't just make sugar cookies for Santa Claus, though that could be fun, and you're not just going to get some gifts, though that can be very awesome. You're going to actually reach out and ask God to show you Jesus so you can know him. How do you do that? Well, one way is make a decision right now that this Christmas you're going to go find a place where other people who know Jesus are gathering together. 
That's often a church place. Maybe you want to make a decision that this Christmas Eve, you're not just going to have it go by without going to a place where other people who know Jesus are gathering together to celebrate. That's a first step you can take to getting acquainted with him. And that is a, something you can do prayerfully. Ask God now to help you know where to go. But even more fundamental than that, you can pray with us today. And as you're listening, you can pray to God and ask to know Jesus. And that becomes the Christmas of forever in your life. That is the hinge of your life. Pray with me. Our Father, we're so thankful today for the Christmas time. We're thankful for all the memories and all the emotions that it can arouse in us that are good and bring us life and a smile. And we're thankful that the whole world recognizes that there is something about Christmas that's set apart from every other holiday. By the same token, though, Lord, we, we long for people to understand the true Christmas story. And as Luke and Ruby read it to us today from Luke chapter 2 about the coming of Jesus, the birth of Jesus, and how he came into this world and everyone from the first moment that he showed up People were made happy and they were excited and there was blessing and joy and life and promise and hope. And Lord, we pray that this Christmas, that will be the story of those listening to our broadcast today. That not just the fourth graders in our studio, but that everyone listening today will know that Christmas can be the hinge of history in our personal lives. And we ask, Lord, that this Christmas, that we will know Jesus, that we'll meet him. Show us where to go worship him. Show us how to follow him. And right now, for everyone who's praying with me, Lord, we humble ourselves and ask that Jesus Christ will whisper into our hearts and draw us to himself as he shows us how we can be forgiven of our sins and made new in him. I pray, Lord, that our lives in the new year to come will be different than in the last year because this Christmas, Jesus came not just to Bethlehem, but to where we call home. Thank you for hearing our prayer, and we offer it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, maybe you'd like to know more about this Jesus. Maybe you'd like to know more about how you can get in contact with him or how he can change your life. Maybe you want to ask some questions about this whole calendar deal I brought up, about how 2,000 years have passed since he was born, and we're still marking our calendars because of the seminal coming of Christ to the world. Whatever your question, your prayer request, your heart cry, we want to hear from you. And how can you do that? Just call us up 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We have a toll-free line. Dial this number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. We're by the phone. We want to talk with you. We want to hear from you. I promise, give us a call. But wait a minute, Obadiah. Sometimes people don't want to just call on the phone. Maybe a little shy to get that guy on the other end of the line. How can they check us out online? Um, well, they can go to www.cbhviewpoint.org. That's it, CBH Christians Broadcasting Hope. That's who we are, viewpoint.org, cbhviewpoint.org. You can read about the ministry there. You can also send us an email, and we will reply. Or, at the last, just write me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you call us up, go online, or write me a letter, please, let us hear from you this week. We are so thankful for the fourth graders at Liberty Christian School in Anderson, Indiana, who helped bring our program to life today. We are so thankful that you've been a part. Thanks for your great sharing, your good reading, your listening. And, whoa, thanks for clapping and applauding CBH Viewpoint. Wow. 
And now I want to ask all of our fourth graders if they would just wish a Merry Christmas to all of our listeners today. When I count to three, can you say together, Merry Christmas. Are you ready? One, two, three. For all of us at the Viewpoint team, for the fourth graders at Liberty Christian, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, this is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.